Armchair Guardians, a podcast about Destiny by people that play way too much Destiny. I'm Mordak, aka Charlie, aka Mordak Undivided, I guess, is my official gamer tag and most of the Destiny stuff I do. And I'm joined once again by Chris, aka Nero in Flames. Again, welcome. Yo. Uh, if you've made it back this week, or last week we talked about Arrivals, so we're going to talk about a very specific part of Season of Arrivals, uh, something that I think an unfortunate amount of the community is going to miss uh, experiencing, and it's the Prophecy Dungeon. Uh, this will be mildly spoilery, but also seeing as we're a month into this, and every YouTuber that plays Destiny has done a full like documentary-style breakdown of that whole thing. I'm not going to throw a spoiler warning on this, and it's also important to kind of... The point of this is to kind of preserve these moments in time, and the Prophecy Dungeon is definitely a moment in time right now. Yeah, I mean, hell, Esoteric's doing flawless ability-only runs of it already. Of course, yeah. The, the, the hardcore community's already doing stuff that just I look at and go, okay, yeah, that's a thing you could spend your time doing, I guess. I can't fathom why you would do that to yourself. But... The idea of doing that dungeon solo, let alone with like extra just handicaps on yourself, I think will probably say masochism. Well, I think it just kind of speaks to like the disconnect between the people that stream and record video of Destiny and the rest of the entire goddamn community, including us at that point. And just like, okay, you've played too much of this game. Like, like we have a guy in our clan that's at like what two hundred level on the season pass, and we're at week four, and that's insane enough as it is. But the idea that like you have to fill twelve hours a day with Destiny streams, so you're like, how do I make this as impossible as possible? Nothing but knee slams. Got it. Titan yeah. bubble win. Yeah, I it, I kind of just remember back to when it was like Dado was doing the can you kill it videos, and it was can you defeat um, God, what's the boss from Scourge up? Insurrection Prime. Insurrection Prime. Can you yeet him to death with Titan uh, flying melees? And it's like, yes, you can. I'm like, this is useless information. Why did you bother figuring this out? It's no one. No one's gonna actually ever do this. Yeah. So I'll watch it once and get on with their freaking lives. Yep. Yeah. Go back to complaining about how there's not enough to do when you spend 12 hours a day playing the game. We're aware. Yeah. So it's not enough for you to do. It's so dry. There's nothing to do. Meanwhile, you're level 300. You're going through the dungeons left and right, and you just wonder why. Like, I need to do more bounties, I guess. Uh, but that's enough throwing shade, I guess, for the start of this episode. We are here to talk about the Prophecy Dungeon, something that I have said I think is the best thing in Destiny 2 at this point in time, both from a mechanic standpoint and just a, like, visuals. I, there's nothing... Like, it's also one of the hardest things in the entire game right now, too, both from light level and encounter design kind of thing, which... For some people, will definitely be why the hell does he think it's the best thing in the game? But I, there's nothing about the prophecy dungeon I don't love and think is cool, and I really actually enjoy the fact that the run I've done through it was, at least for parts of it, nail bitingly hard. Well, you all were twenty light under when we went through it, <laughs> and then we dared to be stupid, and I stopped being twenty light under. Yeah, I, it's a weird one where I think like one of my favorite things in D one was the hard mode raids that came with. I'm not talking the prestige stuff that came out for the final year. I'm talking, like, every raid got a hard mode that really significantly made things noticeably harder. Once you got used to it, you were better at the raid just across the board. I, I've always thought that was kind of missing in D2 in some ways. And, like, yeah, the prestige for a couple things exists, and I wish that had shown up in more ways, but also prestige leviathans are all terrible. Glitchy messes. That's yeah, what they I, are. I'd love to know what a prestige scourge would be, but also just given it, I don't know. More to so, what would that be kind of thing? Like two insurrection primes at the same time, maybe? Oh, don't. Probably like 16 shields, two different interrupts at the same time, four different berserkers. You have to get both of them at the same time. So that means yeah, you have the it, map reader. That's, and yes. that's your D2 brain talking. Like that, that, was, that wasn't a hard mode raid. Like the hard mode raids were, no, we're, we're you can't revive anymore, and stuff hits harder, and here's a new mechanic or something. It wasn't like, it wasn't the jump between uh, zero hour normal and zero hour hard, where it's like, yo, we made this thing suck. Hey, you take that back. I love zero hour heroic. I, I like zero hour heroic in theory. I that's because you're bad at jumping. I I fully admit to this fact. I 
That's some. Sh- that's some. That is the shittiest jumping in the game, though. Too. I mean, have you tried Last Wish? Yes. <laughs> that had some pretty shitty jump. I stand by. It's not time. Uh, send it bridge in between um, Shirochita Morgeth. Yeah, it's still not as bad. I don't think, but I mean, it's only twenty seconds. But yeah, yeah. thing. I'm I'm one of the guys that love having a timer and having to be on point on every single thing I do throughout the entire thing. So me me doing zero hours beautiful, but we're way off topic. Yes, this we are. Prophecy. We're talking about the prophecy dungeon. Uh, so you've run a lot more times than I have. So you obviously have probably more opinions at this point. Like you've, I've, I've done it once. It was a bit of a struggle bus move on it, but at the same time, it made it work. Yeah, and I've got three clears on one of one of each class. Well, at least I've been through it. I know exactly where everything is. Yes, are, yeah. urns are, et cetera, et cetera. I have. Experience in it, at the very least. Yeah. I, so, what's your favorite encounter? Like, I, I know like it's probably controversial, but I love Cube. I think Cube I would, is one of the coolest things in the game right now. It's not an encounter. I love the Rainbow Road. No, yeah, Rainbow Road's a close second. Is that, I, is that because it's just beautiful in there? It, it is gorgeous. And me and two other clan members uh, decided we're going to go full-bore sparrow racing down each individual ribbon. So we have one person on one ribbon because they, they don't um they intersect but they don't like yeah. loop over each other. So you have one person on each and you just full bore boost all the way down. Hope you don't get shot. Hope you don't fall off. And there's a solid endpoint. That's gonna be like one of my favorite things to do in that dungeon. Just doing that over and over. And over oh yeah, no, it, that section of that dungeon is hands down the prettiest, most beautiful, best designed visually thing in all of Destiny 2, I think. Like It re- it reminds me of a, of a original PS1 Spyro the Dragon skybox. Sure. Yeah, that, I'm sorry, that's an old cut for me. It's just not a lot of people played Spyro except for the Ring Night trilogy that came out last year. But... No, fair, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not knocking it, but like it's... Well, let's say the skybox in that game are just gorgeous. And that's what that section was to me. It brought me back to when I was six years old playing Spyro 1. Beautiful. I think I described it as like Bungie's version of an '80s out metal album cover or something. Like that, that space is channeling some Pink Floyd in just the best way possible. Where it's like, yeah, Most I would veg definitely. out to this. If only the music was there. At the same time, it, I, I, it's no music in there, right? Like it's a dead zone for no, music. In the Rainbow Road, I think there's a low music, but then again, I was on chat the entire time. Yeah, I didn't really hear anyway, but I. The times where Bungie chooses to kind of do that low or no music whatsoever, I think have always been smart, and I think that that place is just a visual feast where it's like, yo, it's literally a journey level inside of Destiny. It's, it's a giant watercolor painting. It's yeah. what it is, essentially. Well, and for those who have not looked at videos or pictures of this or are not familiar with what we're talking about, uh, Rainbow Road is actually more, I guess, like, what'd you call it? The Scarf Bridge section, I guess? Of, like, yeah. Yeah, What's that's the official more name for it. I, I know the slang name is Rainbow Road. Is, obviously, is there an official name for it? I think we're calling it Rainbow Road. I don't know, uh, but it's it's literally just kind of a long, windy path of just like red ribbons. scarves. Yeah, red ribbons red, going through pyramids, essentially. Yeah, and it's just kind of minimalistic, geometric, and just beautiful colors all over the place, and like it is. That nightmare Hot Wheels track you always dreamed of making as a kid brought into Destiny and then, like, polished in that way that Destiny environments do to make them look good. And it's one of those moments where just it's minimalist. Like, there's not, a, there's not a ton of stuff there. It's just, it's just the ribbons, the occasional pyramid, a couple platforms, and just watercolor painting background of sky stuff. If I could have one of those, like, metal paintings, I. That are going out right now of of just like the initial walking into that area. Yeah, I want it. I yeah. want it so bad. Yeah, it's there are several moments in Destiny Two that are made for like wallpaper backgrounds for computers. This is the first time I've looked at it and been like, okay, yeah, maybe this goes on my computer at somewhere. This is just stunning. Yeah, but enough about that. So, do you want to talk about this from encounter to encounter, or you just want to jump well, around gonna, randomly? I was going to start off with our two favorites. So, yours is Rainbow yeah. Road, the Scarf Bridge, whatever the correct phrase is. Mine is Cube. I figured yep. we kind of go from there and then kind of walk it back, broaden from there. And I guess, like, I, I think our favorite encounters kind of help. 
maybe not help with the right phrases, but like they definitely illustrate who we are as people because the cube is ugly. Like it's again very minimalist in there. It's not all that visually interesting, but the mechanics in there are like both simple and maddeningly frustrating, which I think that theme overlaps with the entire dungeon. So and the the entire prophecy dungeon is based off of the simple mechanic of light motes and dark motes. Again, as seems to be everything in Arrivals, it's once again Stealth Gambit, which I find funny as hell, but I'm sure someone out there finds annoying. But it's... At a base level, the cube is you're rotating the room to stand on platforms to dispel lighter, dark pillar things that you do by gathering motes, and it's just bullet hell in there. And there are definitely better ways of getting through that we went than the way we got through it, but at the same time, Three Hunters... Invisa reviving their way through that was fun as hell. It's it's challenging. There's tons of enemies. Like it's hard, but not super cheap feeling in the way some encounters like this. It's it's not the Bridge of Follies. Like it's not the Reckoning where just it's like, man, this is unfair. It's man, this is oppressive. Yeah. So to clarify a little bit what he meant by that. So the actual encounter is you are cleansing a side of a of the inside of a cube. Okay, so you're what you're doing is Toland or whatever this white orb is because it's not Toland because he doesn't talk. Toland yeah. would definitely say something. Um, he appears on one circle on five sides, with the exception of the bottom. You you have to find which one he's at, and whatever uh, energy is coming up from the floor below it is what you do, light or dark. Then you have to kill two knights, which drop three motes each, total out to five. To make, a, to make a large moat of light or dark. You have to stand in the dark or the light to make light or dark shadows, if that makes sense. At the same time, you are being sniped at by essentially boomer hobgoblins. There are scions that are splitting left and right, and there are acolytes that are, that are constantly throwing out acolyte eyes. So, ads become a real problem. Killing the knights become a real problem, especially as you get farther and farther into the encounter where cover is really dependent on what you're what you need to find light or dark because if you don't have proper cover you're gonna get sniped at by the hobgoblins but if, if you're in the dark and you need a light moat you're gonna have to be out in the middle trying to kill a knight while being sniped at by literally everything in the room well and like and one of the things i thought was most interesting they could have not done is whenever you cleanse a room and you try to rotate it it's not like you just want. It's not like uh, the movie, the uh, cube, where you're kind of going from room to room. No, no, the room literally rotates around you. So, as a result, you can have situations where like a wall may have been fine previously, or maybe even beneficial because it had like stuff overhanging it or holes in it. That now those holes are real problems. And I, I know it sounds so, but just like the, the visual of the room literally readjusting around you, I think is just cool. It's an excellent concept. Yeah. It really is. I, I always love perspective-based encounters. You know, I played Portal, Portal yeah. 2 all, all day, and that's essentially what it was for a large portion. It's just, okay, you are now on this wall. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's... It, the Prophecy Dungeon is the Realm of the Nine, which is a whole nebulous concept. Like, there's never been a thing in Destiny, I think, that kind of represents how unknowable the concept of the Nine ultimately is to a certain extent as the cube room is, where just, it's like, you walk into there, and my reaction was, okay, one of two things happen. This room rotates around you, or you start wall walking. I don't know which happens, but both seem likely. Personally, I know it would have been impossible from a game physics standard. I would oh, yeah. for the wall walking. I, oh, I, I think it would be, I think what you do in that case of, like, just, like, when you change it, like, gravity pulls you a different direction or something. But, yeah, for me, like, simplicity of designing that encounter, the rotation makes sense, but it's one of the few moments in Destiny you walk into it and just kind of go, oh god, what's about to happen in here? Yeah, I mean, so, me and the two other guys that I did the dungeon with at first just to get our bearings in, we luckily kind of figured out what to do on our first run-through, but at the time, we were, I think, 1025 was our highest light, and it was just the worst thing in the world doing that encounter. I had to swap to a Titan. They had to both be warlocks with running Phoenix Protocol. And it took us, I think, an hour and a half 
of just grinding and failing and grinding and failing until we got out of that room. It, I mean, that was an amazing uh, first experience for that raid. Raid dungeon. Yeah. I don't recommend doing it that low. I oh, yeah, no, definitely go in at the correct level. It makes a huge difference. Like, I, to reiterate, I think the cube is the hardest thing right now, in PVE at least, in all of Destiny right now. And has, and like, I, I can't think of an encounter that's not, like, got some other weird gimmick to it or something that's harder than that thing. Well, the end boss does kind of mimic it, but we'll get to that when we Not in there. the, it's not as hard, I guess. Like, it's, not, yeah. Well, the hard part about that is the reses in that room are not not in a good place. Yeah. But you gotta deal with that. Yeah. For the cube, though, the reses change the location depending on what side of the room you're on. Like, uh, so, say, perspective, right? You start at the very bottom of the box. And then two or three phases later, you're on the right wall, essentially. The res is a different place than not only where you die, but where it was in the room version of it previously. So you have to adjust where they are. And that add, that's a completely different uh, mechanic than what you're used to, because everywhere else where you die, in a, say in a raid, you die where you die. You can res right there. But Yeah, it's... In the same way that Reckoning kind of messed with the rules of Destiny, this one does too, but not in the same horrible way that the bridge did. Like, it's like, no, no, you will always res in the same spot when this orientation. Okay, yeah. that sounds good. It's not. It's really it's not. It's not a good location. <laughs> You're not gonna like it. Oh, so it's predictable. Yes, it's predictable. You don't, you don't want it there, though. <laughs> Predictably terrible for you. For example, say you're looking for light moats, and one of you guys dies in a dark area, and there's two knights on the body. Good luck. Yeah, that'll happen every single time. But we should probably talk about our run through that box. Yeah, so let's 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 take a step back, I guess, and like work our way through. So. I yeah we we've kind of covered our two highlights of this thing and we'll kind of work our way through now I guess it, it gives you the reckoner intro you you load into the derelict you jump through the portal and then you're back in the realm of the nine and oh god are you back in the realm of the nine so it starts off with a bunch of thrall in in the main hallway that you're there and then there are four circles on the right side of the room going down the hall two knights on one end two knights on the other end one knight per hole essentially. Uh, as we described earlier, you kill the knights to make moats. Yep. And then, you know. Well, again, like, the mechanic for the entire thing is, the mechanic never changes. It's stand in darkness, kill knights, get dark moats, stand light, kill knights, get light moats kind of thing. Like, it's, this is the weirdest one-trick pony in the entire game in some ways in that regard. It doesn't really get old. Yeah. No, and that's, I think that's the credit to the dungeon at that point, where, too, like, it's the, here's the mechanic. We're gonna give you multiple. Well, it's like we're gonna give you three different encounters that like dramatically change how you implement this mechanic. Oh yeah, every encounter is very different from the last, even though it has the same core yeah. to it. No, it's kind of like why I like um, Crown of Sorrow, where there's really only one mechanic in that entire dungeon. It just gets expanded upon, but like it's still got the base of, hey, these crystals you have to shoot at both when you have the buff and don't have the buff. Yep. So, back to the dungeon. Yeah. Uh, you have two rooms of that hallway where you have the four holes with knights in, and, you know, you cleanse the plate, it opens the next door, cleanse the next plate, opens the next door, essentially. And it's weird, like, you, well, like it's weirdly deceptively easy the entire way through. Like, it's like, it sounds stupid, like, oh, just kill knights. They're, they're taking knights, so they're full of bullshit. Not when you're 1017. Yeah. Like, this guy! Yep. Thralls did real bad touches when we did our first run because we were way under. We did it the day the DLC came out. Yep. And we grinded for, I think, four hours just to make sure we were at a competitive light. But so we get through the first encounter. or It's not even an encounter because you don't even get loot. It's a hallway, yeah. It's it's a hallway. And then you come to the first actual real challenge of 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 a giant phalanx. On a circular platform with no walls, you can extrapolate what'll happen from there. Are we pausing for dramatic effect, or no? I, I was I was leaving it for you. Oh yeah, no. So I, 
I've only run it once. Is that so? Is that the room where it's, a, it's the shifting kind of like sundial approach to things? Yeah, with the sundial. Yeah. So you're literally fighting inside of what, like, not the solar system models, but I can't think of a better name. Where it just it's like every time you cleanse, the space changes, and the darkness in this case is caused by shadows cast by the kind of the arms solarium. of this thing. Hmm? It's. I think it's a solarium. That sounds right. Yeah. That. Yeah. You're from, I should be familiar with the concept if you played enough fantasy games of some kind. There's always that boss fight that happens in the thing showing the tick down to Apocalypse when all the planets yeah. align and then hey, the sunstone opens. I, wa- I watched Avatar. I know yeah, what I'm looking exactly, at. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, and I think my favorite part of that encounter is that when you trigger the stuff, it's not like it just suddenly changes. You get to watch the thing rejigger in real time, and it's just kind of fun. Like this, The, the entire dungeon is so dependent on shadows being cast it's cool to see they put the effort in to be like no the shadows are part of the mechanic and if you get unlucky it will swing in a way that you're just like oh no there's no darkness because the sun's coming at us from the wrong angle god damn it gotta love dynamic lighting yeah i again like it's to go back to my comment of like it's everything about this dungeon is unbelievably well designed from a kind of graphics art standpoint like it's the level of consideration put in how like the mechanics feed back into the art design where it's like no no it's it, this is lighting this is just lighting but it's also the mechanics yeah they did real good they did real good yeah so back to actually explain the encounter so well, you have a, a phalanx yeah it's a pretty straightforward fight again there's four platforms that are light and dark and you're collecting moats and bouncing up to them and you get damage phases when you cleanse all that stuff and it's the typical taken phalanx so you can get booped oh you're also standing on a float. This entire thing happens on a floating platform that you can get launched far enough to wind up on the outer edges and jump back in, which it sounds silly, but anytime you get to feel like a wrestler re-entering the ring in a boss fight, I think it's a cool moment. I'm not through with you yet. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, there are knights, you know, to get the moats, and then there's signs splitting everywhere, just like always. Yeah. And they, again, science. They become a problem when you let them split. I will be saying that a lot. Yep. But using Fallen Guillotine in a well or a bubble makes the boss a joke, because that weapon is freaking busted. Yeah. You guys managed to one-phase him, right? I think we, what, we did. it? No, we two-phased that. Sure. No, 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 no. We one-phased that. Yeah. We did one-phase it on your, uh, your run, but it was a little bit slower. Yeah, I... Any any time I'm the primary DPS dealer for a run of any kind, we're in a problem situation. Well, again, our third wasn't yeah at a high enough level, which yeah, isn't a problem. Yeah, not a complaint, just a... No, it's... Okay, well, now we have a little bit more of a challenge to go through. Yeah. Which which isn't a big deal. Yeah. Especially not for that about, encounter, either. No. What I liked about that encounter, though, is like when you're done with it, you can actually climb the solarium gold rings yeah. that are surrounding it for like some beautiful views of the nothing wasteland. Yep. Well, and then, so then you go from that into, again, like literally the, the nothing wasteland at that point. Like you, you get in a weird moment in this game, a just like set of sandy dunes to ride your sparrow over. And yeah, you're looking for stuff out there. There's a couple mechanics you have to go through. Mostly it's tracking down stuff to trigger the next area, but it's just kind of cool. You're missing the worst part about that. What did I miss? Giant, giant, invisible yellow bar. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. They're not that bad. <laughs> Say that when you're not on the sp- Say it when you're on a sparrow. That's fair. Yeah, just whipping. If you don't know they're there, that's probably a bigger problem. But oh, it's. Yeah. I just I, anytime that game gives you a chance to just kind of shut up and ride your sparrow in just kind of a cool feeling way, I like it. Like I, not to knock D two versus D one because I think we we'll do that are a little bit annoying at this point. Like. There's no real just kind of get on your bike and ride zone in D2 as far as I'm concerned. Like, D1 had a couple cool moments. Like, the moon is the closest one you have in D2. Just the loop of going around that zone feels nice. And, like, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to ride my sparrow for a minute. But whenever the planets just get from point A to point B. Yeah. The EDZ felt good. Uh, Not EDZ. um, The Cosmodrome had some nice areas you could just kind of get on your sparrow and ride. Like, my favorite of them was uh, Venus, because the loop for that was just this nice, like, you were in the city, and then you were in the jungles, and then, like, it's just like, okay, stuff's getting weird now, cool. 
I did play D1 month one, so I do yeah. know Venus. But uh, there's also some other things in the, in the Wasteland that you're going to want to take a note of. For example, you have four locations that you have to cure, uh, cleanse blights from. They also are, represent Mars, Io, Mercury, and Titan. The and four locations going away at the end of the yeah, DLC. That's part of the coolness of this, too. We're just, it's like, like we talked about last week, Arrivals has done a very good job of tying into the content to come and also tying up the content we have going on. Like, I, we didn't get to experience it, but I guess the, uh, what's her name? The Envoy shows up in that area, too, occasionally. The, just to, uh, I was going to talk about that after, I was going to say that after the cube, because that's gotcha. when the appears. Oh, I didn't, I thought, I thought that was either time. Yep. I didn't it was after nope. cube. Nope, it's after. I did some extensive testing. Fair enough. Yeah, so it, you kind of go through there, and then you lead into the cube. We're not going to break down every mechanic of this to leave some mystery for this. So we talked about the cube pretty in-depth. Um, it, it's got, like, for how hard that combat encounter is, the boss fight at the end is the most, like, now I'm angry and you die moment possible. So do I want to say what the bosses are? Or just or... two phalanxes. No, they're centurions. Oh, they're centurions? I thought they were phalanxes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they die so quick because you have yeah. a fallen guillotine, so it's... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, it's... They're not even boss bosses. They're just, like, yellow no, bars. No, they're yellow things. bars. Are they? They're yellow bars. They don't pop a... They don't pop a bar across the bottom, I guess. I don't, no, no, no. But they're yeah. still big boy yellow bars, not yeah. just yellow bar. Yellow bar. If, yellow bar, yellow bar. I know what I meant. I, sadly, our listeners probably do, too. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're still the big boy yellow bars, but... Yeah. Again, Fallen Guillotine makes most bosses trivial at this point. Well, and just also, like, you're coming out of Cube, and you're just bloodlust is strong, and you see, like, when we got to them, it was just like, oh, I guess we're at bosses, and then the bosses were gone, because it was just me yep. being like, you die now! You with Wither Horde, me yep. with a, a freaking sword, just gone. Yep. Done. That's all I needed. Like, we're not doing that again, it's time that everything left dies. The worst part about that is when he shows up on the freaking roof. I'm just going to save that, because then you have to turn the box, and you have to turn the box again. You have to do it twice for one side. And yeah. it's, I get it. it. It's a mechanic. It happens. But that just kind of feels like padding to me. At the same time, there is six sides to a box, so... Yeah, I, it's... I think it's just bad spawn at that point. Like, if, if there's one random part of the cube, it is... That, that spawn. Yeah. But it's fun though, just going, having to go invisible every th- every time we get to the middle to go to the next encounter. Just dodge roll to get out and hope it invisibility lasts long enough to get sucked yeah. up. That was something with a nerve wracking thing. like, okay, we're floating and we're taking damage, and the damage is definitely released. But like, man, immunity from damage would have been real cool in this moment. Just throwing that one out there. Nope, smoke bomb your feet. Hope for the best. Yeah, but that gets you out of Cuba. Yeah. Uh, so you go back to the wasteland after that, and it's a little bit different because you're ch- now chasing the Kel uh, Echo across the wasteland. Can we talk about how cool that thing looks, by the way? I mean, it, it's a giant taking captain. What? <laughs> I don't it's, know. I, I need it's to got more that. going on, I guess. Like I feel like the head's different. It, it's not. It, it, well, yeah, it's a Kel head. Yeah. It, well, yeah. I think it's, it looks cooler than the taken captains ever have, and. I think it's a different, it's a slightly different color, so it's more of a ghostly feel to it. it. Like it's, it's a different model. Yeah, but since we're in the wasteland now, again, that's when we can talk about the emissary because she shows up in four different locations. You know, the same locations that yeah. we mentioned earlier, but you have to find her. And you know, she gets a little bit of dialogue here and there, but sometimes good old Drifter has a thing to say, as does Eris. Uh, not to go too spoilery, but uh. Drifter starts calling for a Orin, which, if anyone doesn't know, that is what the Emissary's guardian name was. So that's kind of, hey, you need to start reading your lore books if you want to know what's going on. Yeah, or go watch Fife. Six doesn't have another. Yeah. But other than that, there's nothing else in the Wasteland. Just, I mean, there's a secret chest, but well, it, good luck. It acts as a nice breather, though, too. Like, you've done the boss fight, you're back in the Wasteland. It's like, yeah, okay, relax. Relax for a second, and then you go from there to Rainbow, the Rainbow Road, Road. And Rainbow Road, like we we can't under we can't overstate just how cool Rainbow Road is, just from a visual and just like it's like get from, get from here to there. What else? Can we talk? Nothing. Can we talk about the doorway to it? It's a freaking neon 
looping ha- hallway. Yeah. Or corkscrew, that'd be a more apt term. Yeah. It, it's freaking Tron. Yeah, it's the epitome of get on your bike and ride, and it, it's just relaxing. We ran it, and that was still like, this is fun. I, I want more weirdness like this. I, mean, I did have us walk because we were kind of under level. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was a smart call at the time, and now that I have uh, that scarecrow from Scourge, I, nothing's going to shoot me ever again. You don't want to ride a micro mini down the ramp? We'll do that eventually. Like, it's. <laughs> I, I hope they kind of. Like, the, the community reaction to Rainbow Road has just been so overwhelmingly positive, I think. It's just like, I hope they do more stuff like that in the future. Like, don't do the Sparrow section from Scourge ever again. But also, yeah, do another section like that. That's fun in its own kind of masochistic kind of way. But give SRL. us this, like, beautiful art, like, walking simulator moment, please. Give me SRL. As much as I like SRL, SRL's never coming back. Let a man dream. Oh no, I, I, I'm with you. I'd be super happy if SRL came back, but at the same time, like SRL was so polarizing, and you already have trials being polarizing. Imagine throwing SRL in with PvP already being toxic as hell. Yeah. So going through Rainbow Road, go through a bunch of pyramids, which is neat. They don't really do anything. They're just like cuboid pyramids. Yeah. Di- diamond shaped pyramids. I don't know. Geometry's not my thing. Uh, but you get all the way to this bottom of this endless pit, essentially. And then there's a giant spinning bunch of squares that suck you up into a giant thrall hallway. I think I counted, and I there's, what, 50 thrall in there? Jesus. I mean, it, it, there's just a lot of freaking thrall. And you land in there, you, you, go up this, you go up some steps, and you turn left or right. Because they, they angle out in like a V and they come back together. But you turn that corner and all of a sudden you just see nothing but dark shadowy figures. And there's just tens and hundreds of them. Meanwhile, your two teammates are still having struggles getting sucked up by the vortex. Yeah, I wish that by was as glitchy as it was. But at the <laughs> same time, I get it. Like, it's a weird detection thing. Yeah. And we were lucky if someone was... We were still on a shadow shot so we could tether them. Otherwise, it could yeah. have been real bad real quick. But that, yeah. that brings you to the boss, too. I'll let you start from here. Yeah, I'd, so the boss the boss fight's kind of a two-phasey thing. You can repeat it nauseum until you get the boss down or get wiped. It's um, cube-adjacent, meaning, like, hey, the the cleansing fields is back as every, as every fight of this uh, dungeon has been. There's three of them. They're randomized. Either it's can it ever be three of the same type or nah? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's it's sure three can. corners. The Kel hangs out at those corners. You cleanse, an ogre pops up, you melt the ogre. It's relatively straightforward. Again, it's a, it's a lighter bullet hell moment than the cube is, but again, the field is randomized. or Not randomized, there's different versions of the field you're in that change well, every time you go through it. It's the walls again. If yeah. you look at the walls, it's just that. I didn't realize that. Okay, so that means you're probably inside of a pyramid, hypothetically. You you are inside a four-sided pyramid. Yeah. Because there are four rotations? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Yep, four rotations. Yeah, so you have and... four, and then pyramid. There's only three corners, though, and that makes it weird. Yeah. Again, that goes to four. It's a three-sided pyramid, yeah. Because the floor is a triangle. Yep. No, no, that's, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking four as in four walls. It's like, no, it's three, because the fourth one's yep. the fourth. It's a... It's not quite a D forty. It's not quite a D four in there, but it feels like one. It's a D four, I guess. Technically, it is a D four. Yeah, it absolutely, is a D four. Yeah. No, and again, like like this entire dungeon's been, the mechanic is pretty simple. You cleanse. You do the thing. You jump in the sand. You get teleported. Kind of a running jumping section. That's also the boss fight, which not not a lot to kind of go into here. But you're chasing the Kel Echo through this light jumping thing, and it throws the shadow balls at you. That the Taken captains do, but unlike that, unlike those, were those blinds you? This one teleports you to the back of that. And as far as boss fights go, it's pretty easy. Getting the damage in is a little bit hard, but at the same time, though, too, it's just again, it's just kind of cool. And what you'd expect from the realm of the nine, where just it's like, okay, you're, a, and to go back to kind of leading into next season, you're literally chasing a Kel. The next season's yeah. going to be about essentially playing catch up to a Kel. That's already got darkness powers. 
the metaphor here is heavy-handed and blunt. It's, hey, fall's coming up. Yep. Better get powered up, buddy. Man, I hope the fallen haven't beaten you to power yet. That would really suck. Yeah. You're playing catch-up like always, Guardian. But that's still, like, the most... One of the most unique boss encounters. Yeah, again, I like the boss encounter because it's not about burning it. Like, it's about burning it, but also it's like, you know, you have to play the mechanic. You can't just, like, drop down, whip out your sniper rifles or xenophage and blast this thing into oblivion. It's, no, no, you have to run this weird jumping section. Is the jumping section hard? Not particularly. It's the kind of nerves and the fact that it's throwing shadow balls at you that teleport you backwards. That's the problem. And there's hobby sniping. Yeah. And then the boss will randomly spawn in your platform while, as you go along because you've got to have him and then you, and you freak out for like 20 seconds. Yeah. Get booted off the field. That's, that's always fun. Yeah, it, I'm not saying it's not like a cakewalk or anything, but like there's no enraged mechanic as far as we no. know. You can take your time with it if you need to. It's just kind of, it's, it's a chase. Yeah. But again, it's not necessarily a damage sponge. It does have over 3 million health, so you're... And falling guillotine is a thing. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It definitely feels like parts of this uh, dungeon were designed going, yeah, we know we put Fallen Guillotine in the game, and we expect you to use it. Yep. I know for a fact you can one-phase that with a bubble and three people with Fallen Guillotine, plus Oppressive Darkness. Yeah, it feels like you can. It, it 100% feels like that's a thing you can do there. Yeah. It, it's just you gotta hope for the stomp mechanics not to wipe you out. Yep. But overall, it's not a hard boss. I'd argue the encounter whole encounter overall is harder than the boss itself. Yeah. And because ogres are a thing, and they will push you into the wall. And remember those scions? Yeah, they split and that's bad. Unless using Wither Horde, and then you just deal with it. Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't make that decision when I ran it my first time, yeah. so... Uh, it this sounds dumb, like the fact that they kind of recognized, yo, we gave you this amazing ad-clearing weapon, and also we gave you Fallen Guillotine you should probably use them in this seasonal content thing. Feels good and cohesive that way. They did They did good. Yeah. They did good, they did good so far. But that means you beat, the, you beat the dungeon. Congratulations. You get to see Orin in the same essential um, where you got loot from when you're doing Reckoning yeah. and all that. And, you know, Season of Drift was way long ago. I can't how are you? You know, she gives you your your loot, and occasionally you get Ikelos gear with, with random rolls. That's what you're there for. Hey, man, I want, I want my Ikelos shotgun with Vorpal weapon, okay? I want it. You needs it. I need it! I miss when Ikelos is good. Nostalgia is a dangerous thing. Story of my life. <laughs> yeah. But, but it does drop Dido gear. Yeah, no, the, and the Dido gear looks cool. Nice um, scion blue. Do we know what Dido is yet, even? It's a forge. Is there other, I guess, is there Dido gear in the game yet? I think that's the first Dido gear yeah. in D2. There was Dido gear in D1. Mm. If I read my history right, I could be wrong. I feel like that's the hidden one that, like, the people thought was a faction or something, but... Uh, oh, they're the Jade... Okay, they only make exotics. Yep, that'll explain it. Yeah, it's, um... Or almost like, yeah, they make Jade Rabbit, Sidonia AR1, Twilight Garrison, Two-Tailed Fox, and Gemini Gestures. There's literally yep, one right. thing on that's not an exotic. Yep, that sounds about right, but the armor in this is all legendary, yeah. so there's that. But it looks pretty. That yeah, does. But that's an entire dungeon. It's a good dungeon, too. It's a really good dungeon. Alright, so I'm gonna say we have four dungeons in the game, just so we can include Zero Hour in this. Like, this is not a definitive ranking of dungeons, but, like, if you were to put them in order, what do you think the kind of dungeons stack up to be? Let's throw, um, let's throw Whisper in this. You have five total to play with. Man, why you gotta do that? Man, I love Whisper. I'm the only one in this group that loves these jumping puzzles and these time missions, just because I, I like time drive. Oh, no, I was gonna, like, my list is, um, this is, um, Prophecy, Whisper, uh, Pit. Um, zero hour, and then um, uh, Shattered Throne. I just don't like Shattered Throne. I can't believe you're not a fan of Trevor. I've never gotten to do the Trevor parts, so I, I, I like the idea of Trevor in concept. It's just it's given the hurry up and wait aspect of that whole thing. It's just uh, oh, you're not good enough to get the Trevor. That's what it nope, is. Nope, gotcha. not on hard mode. <laughs> 
So uh, for me, prophecy as of right now, and this is probably recency bias, it's at the top. Yeah. Uh, then you have Zero Hour for me, Whisper, so because I have a lot of nostalgia doing that when it first dropped, um, Pit, Shattered Throne. It's interesting both of us put Shattered Throne last. I, it's a good dungeon. It really is. Yeah, I, I guess... But like, there's caveats. When I, I'd also say, like, in the way that Prophecy is visually interesting, Shattered Throne make- is visually lacking in interest because of, like, what that thing is. Yeah, it's an Ascendant Realm. It's all dark. Yeah. Gotcha. But the mechanics are kind of cool here and there. I'd say some of the mechanics are kind of... That, that last boss fight is just such a... I agree. Yeah. But in their, in their quote-unquote defense, it was their first real dungeon. Yeah, no, and that's fair. So, yeah, I'm not knocking it, that aspect out. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just... I find You and I definitely have different perspectives on this. I'm finding it interesting that we both are like, yeah, Shattered Throne is trash. <laughs> comparatively. Again, I don't, think, I don't think it's trash. It's definitely a 6 out of 10. Yeah. I'm going by numbers. You know, uh, Prophecy is going to be a 9 or 10 out of 10. Just because, oh my god, it's so beautiful. Yeah. I think it. I, it's also a weird one where, like, I've done prophecy once, and I would feel comfortable going back into prophecy. With people that haven't done it, same with pit. Like, I feel like I could run those things um, by myself with little experience on them. Shattered Throne is just like a weird case study of, okay, how well do you remember this? Not well. Get fucked. Where is Infinity Snake? Yeah, I don't know. Well, shit. And then you got. The wonderful ogre hallway. That's great. Yeah. You have the roof ogres. That's fun. And then you have the uh, blasty walls. We can talk about Shadow Throne at a different time, too. Like, that's definitely something worth talking about in its own episode, I think. It would just be me oh. being negative the entire time. But I mean, try like, it's not that bad. <laughs> I defend it to the death. I mean, it's not great, but uh, again, I'll defend there's it. There's absolutely death. content that's worse in the game at this point, too. Like, it's. There's still worse content in the game, yeah. Reckoning. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I think like maybe we'll do a Gambit and things like that, the Gambit topic soon enough kind of thing, because... You mean like your Mad Dash from Oh, uh, We're, we're getting to that. We are getting to that in a couple minutes. Uh, God. I guess you have anything else you want to say about Prophecy Dungeon, or you feel kind of comfortable moving on from that? I gotta run it more. Yeah, no, me too, I think. That's definitely where I'm at. It, there wasn't a big change this week of wasn't any really new content, no new exotics dropped. Like, we got the I mean, third the and final mission? encounter, or whatever you call it. Interference yeah. mission? I mean, that was different. Yeah. The game flat out said, yeah, um, the darkness isn't bad. It just thinks of the, like, lightness training wheels. It's, we're going Star Wars with us at yeah. this point. Well, Star Wars Expanded Universe, definitely not the movie. And I think it's. For me, at least, the interference missions paid off. I kind of a running theory that those of us that like, aside from being a Gambit junkie, the like the lore Gambit exists in the kind of shades of gray that the Drifter operates in have always been something I thought was cool. And the fact that the game just flat out said, "Yeah, the darkness isn't necessarily evil. It's just called the darkness, and that's a problem." And again, like, we base all of our kind of perspectives on this off of what the fuck happened in the Golden Age, where increasingly it's clear no one remembers what happened in the Golden Age. It's all about balance, yeah. man. As the light gets stronger, the darkness gets stronger. Well, and I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, there's going to be a conversation at one point about why there are multiple pyramids and only one traveler, but we're not there yet. Well, theoretically... Those pyramids could be allegories for guardians, and there's a giant pyramid somewhere. Maybe. That would make actually a weird amount of sense. I don't know, that's just me just spitballing here. No, like, I think it's... If it wasn't for the fact that the pyramids we've encountered so far are giant things, maybe, I think you have a point there where like, it's the idea of you could ascend, like, using what Destiny's kind of built up, the idea of, like, ascending beyond a physical form into something weirder like the Nine have done, or the Nine are, I guess that tracks with what kind of like the end goal of Guardians is hypothetically to ascend into something more for your species. I mean, you know what the nine are, right? The planets or the... Yeah. 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 So that's like, 
weird. But they're not the planets. They're, they're like the consciousness of the planet. The souls, consciousness, yeah, like whatever. It, and that's why I said that's why I said the nine are inherently unknowable. Like it's like it, it's it's like oh, it's a Gaia for Earth. Nah, it's weirder than that. Still, somehow, like you gotta like, go through the far plane with the life stream and yeah. Like it's are, are they alive? No. Are they sentient? Yes. Can they talk? No. Can you physically exp- can you physically see the nine? I don't think Maybe? so. Maybe. Yeah, like that's depends on what you mean by see the nine. Yeah, like like the nine freed Skoloth. Like that's that's a big lore point for whatever reason, and that's never been paid off. Uh, the nine also blocked us from seeing Gaul's force come in. Yeah. Because they they wanted to learn how to take the light so they, they could have corporeal form. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the nine are the bad guys. I mean, maybe we're the baddies. I, that's actually been a theory that's floated around for a while is that the Guardians are secretly, like... Secretly, but unknowingly. Well, it's it's not so much secretly, but unknowingly. It's the idea that, like, it's the... When death becomes meaningless, like eventually you will slowly go insane. It's the callous effect where he's kind of like the depths he has stooped to to kind of feed his nihilistic and hedonistic approach to things are in many ways more problematic than anything Gaul ever got up to. Like if you look at that, at the lore that exists, like we all love, we all love Big Daddy Callous because he's Big Daddy Callous, not not Callous. I'm Gaul, yeah, Callous. But like Gaul had a point for what he was up to. Yeah, but he's not dummy thick. I, yes. We're not growing thick from strength under Gaul's brain, but like that's the whole point of Gaul, which is, no, no, the Cabal used to stand for something. Let's actually, you know, be a productive people and stop throwing these lavish orgy parties that Callus is like, this is our culture now. Sign me up for the lavish orgy parties? Yeah. I'm gonna go drink a planet. Yeah. Dex milk is delicious. Apparently. Not for Kabir, though. Yeah. Actually, we have no idea if it was delicious. It killed him, ultimately, but it could have well, been smooth going down. Well, Calisado is delicious. It's true. And his wine. Why do I know that? <laughs> so you wanted to go into Gambit Talk, right? Well, I, I think Gambit Talk is a whole separate thing. I think we're gonna the way we're going to close out all episodes moving on in the future is... What are you chasing at this point? Like, what is the, like, obviously it's playing the content and all that stuff. Are you actively working on something right now? Like, is there some backgroundy thing that you're working through right now? Well, short of getting uh, one of my buddies through his first raid tonight, that was an experience and a half, uh, I'm working on my Invader medals, finally, so I can get the Reckoner title. And my god, do I not like Gambit. <laughs> I hate it! Yet I'm an okay invader. Do you have the other medals done, or is it like... Nope! <laughs> That's just the gear I have. I have to I go back through Reckoning. Yeah. I have to go through Reckoning, get more sentry gear, more Reaper gear, and a collector help. I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, I... As we've alluded to, I am actively chasing Reckoner. I have... The four remaining things are the Triumphant, uh, Sentry, Invader, Collector, and Reaper. I have... Five more Mastery Medals left to go to get the Reaper one done. I have 60 Siphon Motes to get the Invader one done. I have four uh, Locksmith Trophies, and I think it's 10 Blockers to kill before I get the Sentry one done. And I have a bunch of mo- I have a bunch of Half-Banked or Half-Baked, whatever the phrase is, for Collector. And I think it's 30 more uh Small blockers to summon, like, I'm close, I can taste it. But also the fact that I'm going after the hardest achievement to get in the game is a a sign of mental illness, I think. I mean, it's definitely mental illness, I'll tell you that. I really like Gambit, that's all I can say. It's fun for a bit. Oh, I can just play Gambit for hours. You can, because you're a fucking sociopath. It's true. Me is just okay. I guess I'm invading now with these Inagis. Yeah. Look, four kills. Okay, I'm coming back now. I'm done. That's all it is to me at this point. Yeah, that is the the one issue I have with the Reckoner thing is some of the rules for it are so specific. It discourages actually having fun while you play. Like the Massacre medals, toxic. I, the the things I have done that like I feel bad about doing to people I'm playing randos with is high in kind of pursuit of getting these things done. Like, I, 
I, I have quit more Gambit matches just uh, for efficiency's sake than I have in all the time that game has existed in the last like month or so just for trying to get this stuff done. And if you are paired with me and I'm doing something real shitty, I genuinely apologize, but also I'm not going to stop until this is done. There's nothing you can do to stop me. The man jumps off the map with 15 months. I've done that multiple times. It is disgusting that I am doing that. Leaves every match that isn't fallen. No, nah, I, so I, I have all the armors on me now, so at least I'm cycling through on that. Like, it's, okay, it's like, and today was just also me being like, I'm not feeling well enough to even try and get Massacre medals, so we're going to try and get Sentry done, because that's the other one that I have the most, like, that one requires, hypothetically, the most effort. The Collector one, you can just kind of get by playing and having fun. Sentry is, yeah, glue your ass to that bank and don't move. But what, no, stay at the bank because Locksmith medals are dumb. We have thrown more games. Oh, yeah, no. It's, <laughs> if you're going to go down the Reckoner path, find three friends and try and make it work that way because you're a bad person for doing it in rando pickup. It, it's, it's really bad when you have 90 modes, the enemy team has zero, and you lose the game because you're just making sure that you collect the modes yeah. and you jump off the map. Well, and like, in, it's one of these weird behaviors like, okay, we're going to start draining our moats. Why? Well, A, I need blockers. B, I need to go drain moats from their bank, and this team sucks. It's, it's been a, an experience week for this. Yeah. Just toxic and toxic. And uh, once toxic. I get the mastery medals done, we can stop being that horrible fire team that's just making nope. Gambit confusing. You but... can. Because I still need them. Oh, yeah, no. We're, we're going to keep doing this. Like, it's. It's never going to stop. Between the people chasing Dredgen and. The fact that, like, yeah, sentry medals will be easier to get if I'm not competing with, like, other assholes that are like, I'm helping, no, let me get the blockers. You weren't trying to bank anything, you were just killing blockers, I was here, please let me kill them. Or when you're sitting at the invader portal and I'm just waiting there trying to go and then the blueberry runs in. Yeah. That's great. I'm not saying the game should give you priority in some way because you're wearing armor, but, like, I really wish players would look at it and go, oh, this person's rocking full invader armor. They're probably here to do something. Nah. Yeah. Then you can't ruin other people's days. Definitely feels like that occasionally. But yeah. That's Gambit, though. That's Gambit right now. It's toxic as hell when I'm playing it. And we'll obviously expand more on that. As yeah, we will, do, we will definitely do a full episode on Gambit. Probably, like, if I was to guess, next week's episode will probably be Gambit, unless, like, a bunch of new stuff drops me now and then, because... This week I was still kind of like, you know, not all into Gambit. Next week's going to be me going, okay, I've done all the seasonal stuff I need to right now. Looking at you, Drifter. Well, it's also a new loop, so uh, there might be new missions. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're to. We'll see if it winds up being that. I'm not convinced it will be, but... Let me have hope. Oh, no, I'm with you, but my fear is also, like, the further we get into this season, the weirder things we're going to get, because the moments of triumph are coming, and... <sighs> Yeah. Uh, I've tried to... I haven't looked at the secret triumphs the, the, uh, for it yet, because they got leaked, but I am not... I, every year I do Social Sephira, or wh whatever it's called. Yeah. Social yeah, that's right. You know, back before Forsaken, I got all the armor, and then it was worthless. Mass ripped it all. They did my prestige Leviathan run. Last year, with EAZ, Masrick all my armor, did all the fun stuff, and I'm going to do it again, and sometimes those missions are just real dumb, real quick. Last year's was undefendably bad, I think. Like, I, I know some people thought the EAZ was really cool, and we had some clown people get mad at me for being like, this is fucking stupid. It's like, you don't have to do it. I'm like, yeah, no, but it sucks to do just one of these armors, let alone three. I did three. Yeah. Because I'm stupid. That was definitely a lifestyle choice on your part. It definitely was, but I wanted it, and I did it. Oh, and yeah, no. I am... that armor, because it didn't carry over the glows or whatever it was that they did with them. The, the, the fact that those things didn't show up as ornaments immediately, I think, is a weird it, missed opportunity. That's a crime. That's a crime. Yeah. I don't know why they don't do that with every armor piece, but that's just me. They're going to start doing it in the future, apparently, or whatever the hell that new system means, so... Allegedly. Yeah, we won't know till next season. Bungie's always good at doing hype. I... Yeah. I'll give him that. Hype is good. I, it's... When they started doing more mods and stuff, I started looking at that going, like, are you just gonna do away with armor? Because I'd be really okay if we just did away with armor a little bit. 
Well, unfortunately, we're not going to do it with them. I mean, yeah. You can add mods. That's, well, I think if it, if it just became mods or it's like, okay, I, there's got to be a better way of doing this. doesn't get in the way of the fashion aspects of the game that makes it both easier for Bungie to balance stuff and then also easier for us to you know, make the Guardians that we like, like how they look. Like, I've gotten my look for this season, and as a result, I'm just not going to change armor. I'm going to keep infusing it up because that's how I'm looking this season. What I think it should be is just you get your random roll, right? Yeah. And then the second you have that type of armor piece, the visual stays as an ornament. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And then you can pick whatever quote-unquote armor it is, but you have that roll. That would make a lot of sense to me. I think there's also ways you could, like, get, like, if you made, like, artifacts or gems, you were slotting into something, and the armor was just a pure cosmetic item at that point. It's, it's, it's semantics to them. I have, no idea how I, I have no idea how I would make Destiny armor feel better in my mind, but I would definitely divorce the visual and the actual stats of it at this point in time. Yeah. Well, that's why I was saying, you know, I'm tired of having to wear blue gear to level my stuff yeah. up, man. Yeah. I'm still wearing blues as a over 1050. It's a problem. And then there's, I know this way off, I've had a rough week on Pinnacles. Six energies. That's almost more what you're chasing. You're, you're going to play Iron Banana because yeah. you need those Pinnacles, and that's a sad yep. sentence. That's going to be my next week. Bananas and bananas and bananas. Those confused Iron Banana is Iron Banner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still, I, I got three of the same. Uh, 1053 energy weapon in a row, and then three different 1053s well, as so, an energy weapon. Well, I guess like let's transition to closing this episode out because we've definitely talked about yeah. we're, up, we're definitely gone off, way off, off the rails. Like, so obviously next week the big thing is Iron Banner. Is this the first one they've turned off skill based matchmaking for? I thought that was coming next season, but no, you're right. it's coming this week. Then this is gonna be a rough week. Yep. Hello, Trials and Quick Play. Yep. I'm not looking forward to it anymore. You shouldn't be. I, it's... With the horde? <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing in there. I'm looking at that one just going like, I don't think I'm going to touch this unless I absolutely have to. Hey, you need them pinnacles. I don't need them pinnacles. I don't care about being max light level anywhere near as much as other people do. I'm 1050. You'll get me. beyond that eventually. <laughs> But I need to be 1060 so I can be 1080 and do the dungeon in easy mode. Yeah, I... Yeah. Definitely a thing you could do to yourself. Not the worst thing to do. Yeah, no, definitely not. There's... I could be in Gambit. It's true. Reckoner is definitely a worse thing to do. But yeah, that's next week. All of Iron Banana. All day. 12 hours a day. It's not even a ritual weapon this time around to chase either. It's just returning nope. stuff. Get your bounties. Fuck off the Iron Banana. Have fun. If you can. I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Yep. That's going to be the motto of next week. In case you couldn't tell, we don't really care for Crucible. I don't mind Crucible. It's Iron Banner I have issues with at this point. Like, it's... It brings the sweat of comp into quick play, which I have issue with. If it's not Trials. I don't touch Trials. <laughs> and that's the sad thing, too. Like, our clan has interest in it. Like, if Trials wasn't a hellscape, I would do Trials once a week. Maybe not for a long time, but, like, it's something I would be like, okay, yeah, I'll play a couple hours of Trials just so people can play it, and we're gonna get wrecked, but, like, we can still go in there, right? No, there's no reason to ever. I mean, there's more. About? Trials. Exactly, who cares? <laughs> Here's the lore of Trials. Trials has always sucked and been toxic as hell. All right, good talk. Yeah. That's, that's the lore of Trials, of verbatim. But as a chronicler, I need those triumphs. Mm. I, need, I, need, I need my e to go up. Right. I think that about does it for this week's episode. Um, hope you've enjoyed our kind of breakdown of the Prophecy Dungeon. And Again, it's hard to understate just how much fun that dungeon is. It's hard, but it's one of the... If you ever needed a reason to get your light level up, it's to do that dungeon. It's one of the best things to show up in Destiny 2 to date, I think. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's fun. It's hard. It's got the Icolo shotgun. I. It has more storytelling in it than all of season of the mighty did or season of the worthy did. Mm. Can we not talk about that season, I, please? 
I saw someone trying to defend Season of the Worthy. It's like, oh, it had some lore stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know the lore stuff from it. It wasn't yeah. good lore. It was, it was just like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Bell Winter was a Rasputin robot. Yeah, that's cool. No one actually cares. Wasn't a very good lie. Yeah. We gotta cut it off. That we do. That we do. Have we decided how we're ending these podcasts yet, or have we have a cheesy no. phrase for yet? <laughs> we haven't done nothing yet. You know That's that. fair. No, so uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, give us a like and a subscribe on whatever platform this is showing up on. We are slowly making our way through more and more of the systems, or of the various distribution systems as time ticks on. We're getting on more and more things, so uh, thank you for finding us. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, uh, so, Here's how we should end it, actually. So we can actually be contacted at Armchair Guardians. Again, that's Armchair Guardians. Spells it sounds down in the show notes at gmail.com for emails. If you have an opinion, a question for us, whatever, send it in. We'll answer it on the podcast. Uh, we'll give you credit and all that stuff. Um, yeah, uh, you can find me on the Wicked Awesome Cast, another podcast, and you can find Nero at, what's your Twitch handle? Nero Maximus. Over on Twitch. You typically stream what? Tuesdays, Thursdays? Well, that's a different question entirely because I usually stream whenever I'm doing a raid, that's which fair. is random days, but usually around 7 Central is when I'm on. I'm pretty sure my Mondays are going to be taken over by Jet Set Radio Future for the original Xbox on stream. Jet Set Radio! Good game! Aren't you done with that game yet? Well, no, because I did a, I did a run through it to make sure everything worked. And then now I'm doing a stream. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll go check it out. Uh, so that's going to do it this week. Uh, come back next week. We'll have more Destiny to talk about, I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>